Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I'm Kristen Kingsbury. I'm the founder of Get Some Assets. I run a real estate team, a couple of 
real estate related businesses. And my passion is really helping you to grow and to create generational wealth. And I'm here as with the last few weeks with my good friend and business coach, Dave Clark. He's a mentor. He's a friend. He's a senior business coach for one of the top coaching companies in the country. Hello, sir. Are you here this morning? I think I catch him off guard. Anyways, he's here with us this morning and he'll be chiming in and uh, checking in with us. But last week we talked and we've been on kind of a six part series from, you know, starting with mindset, how to generate leads. Last week we talked about lead generation and then creating systems to scale and to multiply and to nurture and to keep in touch with those. And today we're kind of shifting gears and we're going to talk about... Once you have them, once you've started to nurture them a little bit, how do you convert them from a lead into a client? How do you, what, what is the importance of the actual presentation and getting in front of them and being with them? Dave, are you here, sir? Kristen, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Good morning. Fabulous. Good to so have you I had to go again. out and come back in. Sorry about that. So always it's good to be Are with you, you on an Android? Uh, <laughs> I am. I am. I'm only teasing. Yes, I'm I am. I'm one of those Apple people. So, so good to have you here this morning. And I was just telling these guys that last week we were kind of going through the segment of lead generation and really picking up like systems and how do we make it scalable? Because at the end of the day, if we work with one or two leads at a time, we're going to go broke and we're going to see those roller coaster paychecks. But today you and I have some stuff set out for talking about, okay, so now they want to talk to you. They've raised their hand. You've nurtured them enough that they're interested in having that conversation. So how do we have a value proposition? And we're going to talk about pre-qualifying them and what kind of objections they might come up with, as well as just having the face-to-face -face or the voice-to-voice -voice, and how do you sell, but not sell um, in that slimy way, but in that serving way. So pre-qualifying um, clients, talk to me, like, do you, your agents, and this, this really works for anybody business, but as you know, we're in the real estate side of things for the most part, um, but pre-qualifying clients, do you just let people go out with anybody? Do they, and, and it, I'm going to, I'm going to pick your brain on this because I've seen a shift in this mentality over the years, but talk to me about pre-qualifying clients a little bit. Well, um, and can you hear me? Okay. Kristen? Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay, good. Um, so it has to be a system. It has to be a, a planned system that we have practiced intently because um, there are certain ways that, that we can get information from, from folks. And what we don't want is to just be able to allow them to give us kind of what I would call the Chamber of Commerce talk, which is the same thing I would talk to anybody about. We have to be able to ask the right questions, dig deep, get under the hood, and find out what it is that really motivates them, what's their why, and then find out a little bit about what it is exactly that they want. But you know, you hit it on the head because today's market has been quite different. And in fact, I just recently read a survey that said that uh, the uh, uh, both buyers and sellers in the real estate side of the business want us to tell them exactly what's happening. They don't want us to sugarcoat what's happening in the market. In other words, they don't want us to tell them how easy it's going to be to get their transaction together and done. They want to know what the real facts are. Mm -hmm. So this creates more of what I would call a fierce buyer consult, which means that 
yeah, we have to go through that process of number one, building rapport, because again, we know that if they don't, you know, know us and like us and trust us, they're not going to transact with us. So we have to be able to to tee that up, and we we build rapport by, of course, providing phenomenal service, feedback. And by the way, this is a great place to to mention that um, when we're talking about this, you know, sometimes many of us are that high I personality. Talking is not selling. You know, selling is asking great questions, listening to the answers intently, and then solving those problems. And that's how we get into rapport with people. So in this consult, we're asking a series of great questions, but then we have to shut up and listen to the answers. (laughs) I love that. I can't tell you how many years I would walk into homes and try to sell myself on all Mm -hmm. the reasons that they should hire me. And I would fail to just shut up and listen and ask questions because I always say people don't care about what you have to say until they know how it will affect them. And yet we walk into these appointments and we try to sell people on how great we are, or how, you know, and, and at the end of the day, they don't care. They just want the job done. And I, I, uh, so something that's been interesting to me, that's changed in the market a little bit. And it's been interesting is the last 10 years or so, it's always been for the safety of the agents and also the protection of their time, pre-qualify, 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 meaning financially, like make sure that whatever it is that you're selling, that they can afford to buy it and that you're not out driving around because when you're new in sales, a lot of times you will be trying to sell something that they never could buy in the first place. And so we used to really, really, really push, do not get in the car, do not go out and meet, do not like, Um, you need to make sure that they can actually buy what they're telling you that they can buy. And it's interesting because with the urgency of the, of the market and with the shortage of inventory, and this is in the auto industry, this is in the, in the real estate industry, this is in a lot of industries, but with the shortage, they want to find the product online and come see it right now. And I was, I was at a conference, um, couple weeks ago. And one of the speakers on stage was talking about, you know, now we're getting in the car, going there and meeting them because they don't want to necessarily come to the office first, like we used to hold consultations. So we're getting in the car, we're going to meet them at the first house, or maybe in, in your industry, maybe you're showing them one vehicle or a couple of vehicles before. Um, but they don't want to necessarily come into the office, sit down, go through the whole spiel of things, and then you go sell me the product. And so I thought that that was an interesting shift because the urgency of the market, they're, they're going to push to go to whoever will open the first door. Um, are you seeing that? And how are you handling that? Well, definitely seeing it for sure. I mean, it's been going on for a while. And, you know, one of the things that we've had to adapt is that consult. And to say we do the consult on the fly, it's maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, but we still have to do the consult. So if we're meeting them at the first house, that's where we open that door. You know, first we have to, as I said, you have to get into rapport with them. And and we do that through finding their pain points, answering great questions and moving them forward before we do a big information dump on, you know, who we are and what we do and all that stuff. So we have to tee up that conversation though. And that might be, listen, let's, you know, we've seen this home because you've got to get that out of the way. That's their number one focus. If we don't do that, we never even have the opportunity to get into rapport with them. If you push them too hard, we lose them because there's too many other opportunities for them to find somebody that will show them that house. So we show it to them. 
we start that consult process. We might even do it as we're showing that home. We might start that process and get a little bit of information, but we have to more or less set that hook to be able to get the rest of the information. So whether it's a cup of coffee after the showing or, hey, let's set up another appointment, you know, for some other properties now that I have an idea, a little bit of an idea of what you want. But we have to get them to that place because, Kristen, as you well know, and you're kind of the master of this, we, we have to find a place where, one, we can get under the hood with what they really want. Just because they saw it on Zillow doesn't mean it's the right house for them, right? Uh, or they saw it on a multiple listing trip. We've got to get under the hood and find out what it is they're really looking for, or we waste a tremendous amount of time. The other thing we have to do is introduce them to our team. Guess who's number one on our team? Our lender, right? So we get that conversation started with our lender right away. And that has a tendency to buy us a little bit of time to then follow up, get the rest of the information that we need, um, and then and then move them forward. And to your point, get the qualifications so we know where the heck we are in the market. Yeah, because it doesn't do anybody any good to fall in love with something that they can't afford to buy. I love, uh, so asking great questions. There's a lot of great books on learning to ask great questions. I've got a Pinterest page that is just full of great questions, great questions, great questions. And we even play a game at our house with my children where you have to ask a question and fire back with a question. Whoever answers the question and- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Speaks without asking another question loses. And I do it intentionally just to remember to ask instead of to speak because we've been trained that whoever has the mic is the most important or whatever. And so honestly, like the most important thing you can do is shut up and listen and, and, and find out what is their pain? What is their pleasure? How do you move them toward their goal? What is their motivation and their urgency? And then who are the decision makers? So we're going to jump in a little bit into objections, but identifying up front, is there anybody else that's involved in this decision making? Because I don't know about you, but my favorite excuse when I go to buy a vehicle is I can't buy it. My husband's not here. I do it every time. It's so intentional. And so if you had that conversation up front, if it wasn't a walk in the door type of scenario, you would know, hey, when's a good time for your husband and yourself to come in and take a look at that vehicle? You know what I mean? So just anticipating uh, the objections. But one of the things that I always struggled with when I first got into sales was, was asking about money. It felt so uncomfortable to ask them about money. And as I train and coach agents, um, you know, and they'll be out showing 25 houses or whatever. And I'm asking them like, how are they paying for this? And they're like, well, I, I don't know. I think that they, and the agent will us make an assumption about how they're paying rather than literally just asking the question, are you paying cash or are you will you be paying cash or financing? Um, and it's funny because they get like, uh, a, they, there's this fear around asking people the question. But again, if you systematize the interview process and you ask great questions, you can just simply ask, 
okay, out of curiosity, are you planning to pay cash for that house or are you going to be financing? And when you say it and it flows with confidence, they don't necessarily even like there's no discomfort. Um, but I see agents do that all the time and they just are afraid to ask the question. And then you show them 25 houses, you get to the contract and you find out they never qualified in the first place and you should have been working with other people. And it really does take a hit on your pocketbook. Um, one of the things that I like to identify while we're interviewing clients is, can you even solve the problem that they have? Is, do they have a realistic scenario in their mind that you can help them through? Are they somebody that you can work with? We get lots of calls that are of people, you know, looking for something that doesn't exist. And if it's within kind of a range, you can come up with something close and you can help them to understand that maybe you have to adjust a little bit. But if it's just something so far in left field that you can't even come up with it and they're dead set on it, maybe the conversation is directing them somewhere else. You know, maybe the conversation, maybe they are not the person for you to help win. And that's okay too, because when you can identify the people that are um, good for you to work with, the ones that you're going to get to the goal, they're going to get, you know, mutually it's a win-win because you're going to get paid. They're going to get to their goal. When you can identify those and be okay directing the other ones away to a source that helps them, um, then you can do more business and, you know, higher volume. And so can you even solve the, the problem and are they somebody you can work with? It's interesting, even the, are they somebody that you can work with? Um, sometimes personalities just collide and there are often times, and we feel this urgency, like, oh, we need more clients. We've got to take everybody, but we can potentially take somebody that is painful and distracting to our, um, our forward progress and our momentum. And so being really careful, listening to how people interact with you, listening to the level of respect that they have and are they willing to listen and let you guide, they hired you to drive the bus. Um, if you find somebody that just cannot trust you and just will not uh, allow you to help guide them, it may be better that you refer those people off. What are your thoughts on that? And how often do you see people get caught up in that and spend a lot of time on those relationships. Oh, ton, tons of time, tons of time. And it costs you money for time, especially in today's world. And so you have to make that decision. One of the biggest uh, concerns and one of the biggest issues that we've been dealing with for the last many months is client selection. You know, how do you get um, people that you can actually help? Because our market has shifted so much in terms of affordability and financing capabilities and how much cash you have to bring to the table. Um, and it's, that's why I said, we have to ask fierce questions. We have to, you know, kind of set the, um, expectation for how this is going to work. And it's almost, I had a client describe it the other day. It's like, I, I, I just tell them we're going into battle to win an offer. And here's what I need you to do. I, I need you to commit to being able to do this, 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 and this. And I also need to know, is there other money available to you? You know, is it uncle Joe that might be able to make loan because in today's world, we're bringing more cash to the table. So um, that's part of it, right? So that comes down to client selection. And this is a really difficult conversation um, in our business, and I think in any business, because we want to truly help people get what they want. However, they may not be able to get there today. And if we spend all of our time working on those folks um, because it's principal, then we're going to lose the opportunity to help the others that can win. Now, do we kick them to the curb? Absolutely not. This is where we can 
you know, help people to, uh, you know, help them understand what is necessary and then show them ways to make that happen. Let them work on that perhaps for a little while, but we've got to focus on the people that can actually get to the closing. And then yeah. to your, your question about personality types, we always joke there's, you know, because, and I love the conversation you're having with Judge on the disc because I'm certified disc and I, everybody I look at it, it's almost in terms of the disc. You know, when we always joke that there's four personality types in the world and three love you and one can't stand you. And that's also true for us, right? There's three personalities that we love and one that we typically can't stand. So the real question is, can you become enough of a chameleon to actually get those people through the process, knowing that there are going to be difficult times? Or if it's a place where you realize, and this is where I think we need a lot of help in our business and a lot of sales businesses, you know, we recognize that we're not going to make it happen. We're not going to be able to get them there. There's just not enough connection. That's where we could do a turnover or, as you said, a referral fee. I like the term turnover because I could say, you know, guys, um, Kristen is really the expert in that area. So let me have her step in and take the conversation. And I would then ask you as my partner to step in and pick up the conversation and go. And when we do that, it changes all the dynamics, changes up all the personality connection or lack of connection. And oftentimes we can move those people forward to a closing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's actually a really good point. You just made me think I need a, I need a person that is the turnover. Like I turn over to other sales agents, but it wouldn't be a bad idea just to turn over to the lead nurture to get those people. And we kind of do to an extent, but what we're finding a lot of is there's a lot of people that are being rejected by other, uh, other people who can't meet their needs or other salespeople who can't meet their needs. So they're being rejected and we're getting a huge flow of um, phone calls, emails of people who are urgent to buy, which you get excited about and you're like, okay, I'll help. And then you realize why, you know, why they're urgent because nobody's, nobody's willing to help them or nobody, they feel like nobody's willing to help them. And so being able to filter through and really classify them, you know, as hot, warm, you know, and just nurture them through the pipeline is, is a good point. Um, I have this, I, so when I, I'm not a great fierce conversation person and you just mentioned um, needing to have fierce conversations with clients. And so this was always uncomfortable to me because I'm a super high eye and, um, and I had to figure out what is a way comfortable for me to have fierce conversations. And as silly as it sounds, I started just saying, Hey, would it be okay if I was honest with you for a second? And what that did for me was ask for permission to be fierce. And who's going to tell you that they don't want you to be honest, right? And so as silly as it is, just having a little script that allows me to move from, okay, I want you to like me and we're all friends to, okay, we're going to have a fierce conversation. I want your permission and I'm going to be frank with you. And it's just funny just saying those few little words to move them to the next step is sometimes super necessary, but it's amazing when you're new in sales, how long it can take you to figure out how to have those fierce conversations. Um, let's talk a little bit about objections because the truth is, is the objections that people have when they're going to buy your product or your home or whatever it is that you're selling them, you know, they think their objections are very unique. And the truth is, is if you look at the data across the board, they have the same like five objections, six objections. It's always the same few things that come up over and over and over again. And one of them being is, well, I don't have to buy. And regardless of what product you're selling, um, 
when you get that objection, I don't have to buy. Where do you go with that? <laughs> well, in today's world, I mean, I, that's where I would go back to a fierce conversation and said, I understand you may not need to buy today, but let's like, take a look at what may happen if you don't. And let's take a look at what may happen when you do. Um, because in this market, if you're not if you're not in ownership, if you're not buying something, you're going to be subject to the to the rental pools. I'm just saying this to you guys. I wouldn't say this necessarily to a client, unless that's that's where we had to go with them. But you know, take a look at what's going on with rents across the country. You know, rents are in many places much higher than their house payments would be. And so, is it really um, saving any money for you to stay in a rental, or is it more important to your wealth building to actually step up? jump into a house, let us help you get one purchase so that you can compete on the level that every other homeowner competes on. You know, get that appreciation working for you. Because I really believe in, in today's world, if we don't step up with the affordability issues that we have, um, it may not be possible for us to do that in the future. I mean, don't have a crystal ball, but it's looking a little more difficult, right? But I would say to anybody that's in sales, and you hit it on the head, Kristen, there are going to be five or six objections that come up over and over and over again. Practice handling those objections. Get your scripts out. And this is where I always get pushed back. It's like, well, I'm not a script person. I just can't read something off the page. Honestly, that's not what we want you to do. What we want you to do is have a framework of, of um, words that you can put together to help them move past whatever that objection is. And by the way, understand that their first objection is usually not the real issue anyway. We have to solve that and move to the real objection and handle that. But if we're not well-practiced and skilled at being able to just roll right into that conversation, we stutter, we stammer, we hesitate, or we let them just walk with that objection. And again, this is not sales, right? And you're not it's gonna just serving. talk them through. It's yes. serving. We, we have to, to solve that problem. And here's a great, a great point with objections and listening. Um, Listening skills are so critical to the sales process. When there is an objection, you know, one of the things we always want to do is repeat the objection and then perhaps take a pause. We don't have to just talk our way through it. Take a pause for a couple of seconds or two. Let them know you're thinking about it and then come back with your framework of a script. And by the way, I'll finish this conversation on scripts up by saying, take the script, but make it personal. Practice it to the point where it flows out of you in such a way that it's coming from the heart, right? So it doesn't sound canned, it doesn't sound scripted, but it is actually moving people forward. I think that's a great point. And I think sometimes we use the word script and we get just stuck in our minds because the word has this negative connotation. And really the fierce conversations, the scripts, your goal in moving them and your passion behind moving them and moving the ball forward is really isn't a fierce conversation about just truly loving them. I had a, a fierce conversation with a nurse at my dad's hospital the other day because of rents, exactly that. Like her rents were just going up and her family was getting put between a rock and a hard space where she wasn't going to be able to afford it, you know, have affordability. Interest rates are low. And I literally just had to stop her and say, stop all that stuff in your head 
what's the worst case scenario if this continues to happen the way that it's happening? What's what's it going to look like to your family if rents continue to go up, but your wages are not going up at the same rate? And we just had to have a fierce conversation to where she realized like, gosh, I didn't look at it that way, but it wasn't because of I'm trying to sell her. It's because I truly love her and I want her to win. And so same thing with your scripts. Your scripts are just a matter of um, making it roll off your tongue a little easier. I've got an agent right now that's new in the business and bless his heart. We, we script practice all the time because if we role play it, if we script practice, um, it helps him to feel more confident when he's at the consultation versus practicing on his clients. Like there's nothing worse than we can do than show up and look like we're practicing with our clients because they can feel that. And then they lose confidence in your ability to help them through a really hard market. So I hear a lot of, you know, we're in a hurry or we're not in a hurry. We can wait just really getting people realistic with what is the pain that could potentially occur if you do wait is it realistic to wait and get a better deal, right? We don't want to wait. We don't want to pay sales people. You just, you have to know your industry, study your industry and understand why it is valuable for them to hire you to protect and serve them versus um, to go at it alone because going at it alone can end them in some really dangerous situations. They can't afford it. Dave, like we only have five minutes left, but the we can't afford it thing um, a lot of people are in that situation right now. We can't afford it. And so I always ask myself, okay, you can't afford it traditionally. So how can we afford it? And finding some creative ways to finance. I had a guy the other day, he wanted a certain price for his house. And he's like, hey, if they have an old vehicle, I'll take it as, as a, you know, as, as, uh, uh, I'll take it in lieu of a price reduction. And so we used to see that a lot, like ATVs, side-by-sides, things included, um, seller carrybacks, and like all kinds of creative ways to afford something and to get into something if you're not just looking at something through the regular box. Um, I'm actually really excited that traditional lending, like rates and things are starting to climb. It's starting to level out a little bit. What it's going to open the door for is a lot of creative financing. And for years, all of the assets I had were bought creatively. The first time I did a business with a bank, I was like, I'm never doing that again. Um, so I think it's actually going to open up some opportunities to make financing a little bit easier um, in terms of creative financing. Let me see. What else? So well, Kristen, just, can, I, can I make just yes. one comment on that? You yes, have yes. to open your mind to the possibilities. You know, we, we, we sometimes fall into a little bit of a trap on how things have to work. And like you, I, I went through uh, real estate when it was 18 and 21%. And we got extremely creative old pickups and chickens. And I mean, we joke about it today. <laughs> but at the time, it was, it was like, yeah, you have to have the mindset that you're going to be able to put something together. If somebody has something they want to sell, there is somebody who wants to buy it. It's up to you to make the connection and make it work and just open your mind to the possibilities and, you know, call in that, uh, you know, that, that super intelligence that we, that we can call into our sales process and just ask those questions. You know, what else might make it work? We're the ones that oftentimes get stuck and we only present certain options to them. Start thinking about other options that we can bring to the table, including one that just came up the other day which is stunning to me, which is the tax deduction, right? How much money are you going to save on your interest deduction? And doesn't that in fact help bring your payment down effectively? Does that make it more affordable? 
let's think about ways that we can kind of shift the focus from just a very specific norm that we've been accustomed to. Yeah, no, there's so much conversation. 30 minutes is always never never long enough to have these never big, enough. long conversations. But a couple of things that I want to hit on when you're doing presentations, when you've got your objections handled, don't forget the power of video. Um, a couple of things that I want to hit on, the power of video. I met with a guy the other day for lunch. I feel like I've known him my whole life. And I, I, and I sat with him and I said, have we ever met before? And he's like, I don't think so. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, wow, the power of video. Because this guy, uh, he runs the Lab Coat Agents page in, uh, on Facebook. And there's just, you know, he's constantly out there talking and we interact. And because we both have done video for years, um, we we instantly had rapport with each other and trust that wouldn't have been there. So we got to have good, deep conversations instead of those superficial getting to know each other conversations, which was really um, fun. And so I just, I encourage you to use video to get to know your clients, send them text videos, include videos in your drip campaigns or your pre-listing presentations. If you're, you know, if you know they're coming for an appointment, send them a video introducing yourself, telling them about, ways that you can help them along with the process, just building rapport and creating trust. And then the other thing that I wanted to mention is Russell Shaw. I don't know if you guys all know him in your markets, but Russell Shaw is a guy, he says, I'm not, um, I'm not bragging. I'm, I'm applying for a job. And on his presentation to sell his product on the back page of his presentation, he's got clients, and phone numbers. And I thought, whoa, that's powerful. The fact that that man has the confidence to list a bunch of his clients and a bunch of their phone numbers and look at it from a, from a, a consumer perspective. If you were to go over a presentation or send a pre-presentation to a client and that had a bunch of past clients and their phone numbers that were willing to say, I'll vouch for her or I'll vouch for him, I guarantee you almost nobody ever calls those people. Just the fact that their phone numbers are on his presentation is a powerful like, wow, I guess I should trust this guy. Like he's willing to give me his client's phone numbers. So that was that was something that just kind of struck me that I loved. And then lastly, don't forget that you may not sell them on the first appointment of whatever it is that you're selling them. The gold is in the database. The gold is in the nurturing. And I find too often people just give up because the sale didn't happen fast enough. And oftentimes there wasn't a product that they wanted to buy right at the moment or the timing was wrong. And so just to keep in touch with them and to show them, I had a guy actually this weekend messaged me and say, Hey, you were the only one that kept in touch with me. So we're ready to buy a house now. I don't even know who this guy is. He's been in my database for years, but I have him on regular nurture program to provide value to him. And now he has some rapport with me and he raised his hand and now we can get together. But it was because I had systems in place to nurture the clients long-term such that if they didn't buy today, they could buy tomorrow. But it is 801 and I am talking too much, which is nothing new for me. So um, you guys, if you like what you're hearing, I'm gonna pass. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.